broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios, it's time for St. Louis Business Radio. Now here's your host, Michael Greenberg. Hello and welcome to another episode of Business Radio X St. Louis. I'm your host, Michael Greenberg, and today I have on Heather Kreider, an online business consultant and entrepreneur. Heather, how are you doing today? Doing great, Michael. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So my audience knows the question well. For every entrepreneur, I'd love to hear what made you decide to start your own business. I'm sure every entrepreneur has a fun answer to that question. And I think it's more about it chose me than me really choosing it. When I was five, I started my first business trying to iron clothes for people in my front yard. Where that came from, I have no idea, but it's something that um, my whole life I've searched for weird, new, different ideas, things to try. I started a little flea market in my shed growing up as well, just selling trinkets. So it shows me clearly. Um, my path is weaved and it's always come back to being an entrepreneur. And you've had the opportunity to start multiple businesses, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. All of them? <laughs> uh, let's start with maybe your favorite. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I think life always has a way of, there's no one perfect path for anyone. And we always weave back to where we're led, where we're drawn, where our heart really is. And started my career in corporate America. And it was great, a wonderful experience. Got my degree in accounting, which is very boring. Sorry, accountants out there. But it was a wonderful experience for me to really dive further into corporate world and business. But again, my heart always led me into other directions. And I took the leap. I knew I wanted to help people. And so my first business was a wealth management organization. And it was still tied to business. It was still tied to finance, being able to put numbers together, but then use all those other skills I had growing up and the things that I had done prior to that. So that was, I was young and younger, not that I'm not young now, but definitely got my feet wet very, very quickly. But it was fun because I was able to immediately help people, impact people, be in charge of my own destiny at the same time, really do some innovative things, pull in all the things that interest me, be able to use my leadership management. So I ran it for in various capacities for about 14 years. Wow. And it grew in different chunks along that way also. So it was probably just because it was my first large corporation, probably the most fun just because of the newness and the leap that I took. It was a huge leap of faith, leaving a secure corporate job, leaving a future that was very bright, benefits, you know, all the things that were taught is following the mold, if you will. Yeah. So when you make that leap, and all entrepreneurs have similar types of stories, you're scared out of your mind. You don't know if it's going to work. You don't know if it's the right thing. But some of it is logical guesses. Some of it is just in your gut. 
But at the end of the day, I knew that there was no other way than for me to end up in my own business in some sort. And at the time, it was just a great, great fit for me. And was there any moment when you said, I've got to start this business? I think every day in my corporate career, I probably (laughs) said that in some capacity. But there wasn't one day that was really, really different. Again, my heart always drove me knowing that I would start something. I looked at various businesses along the way, various things that interest me. You always want to follow your passion and really what drives you and gets you up and charges you. And I looked at purchasing multiple types of things. I looked at opening a restaurant. I looked at opening a floral store. Um, just out of curiosity more than anything along the way, there's lots of different things that I considered along the way, but knew that they weren't right fits. They were just me interested, but not really committed. So when I finally, I guess, made that ultimate decision to, to start my first wealth management agency and, and leave the corporate world, that's those, all those pieces just fit and felt right then. And so after wealth management, you're now in digital marketing. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a bit of a gap in between those to go from accounting to wealth management to marketing. Mm -hmm. Could you tell me a bit about how you went from B to C? Yeah. Well, it's very simple because all business owners, no matter if you are a restaurant or um, a consultant, a coffee shop, a entrepreneur, the number one thing people need is traffic. That question of how am I going to get more customers? How am I going to get more clients? That's always the driving question that really, really keeps people up at night. And that was a common theme when I had my wealth management organization. I primarily dealt with business owners and that was, you know, two things is I'm, am I going to have enough money? Am I going to outlive my money? And how can I make more money? And when you're a business owner, it's how can you get more clients? So the transition really isn't as as far off as it sounds because I was already coaching businesses. I just didn't really know to what capacity I was coaching them at the time, I was helping them with their wealth management. So it's a natural fit for me, again, just to kind of transition over. I researched everything I possibly could. Um, literally went underground with every digital marketer I could find. You name them, I've probably trained with them. Um, and then with a real good friend of mine, we started a, an internet marketing firm from the ground up. That was the reason. All businesses need more traffic. They need more clients. They need more customers. And again, it was me being able to help businesses with all the background that I've had and the many different things I've been able to do It was to be able to be not only that resource for digital marketing, but to coach them along the way of what works and what doesn't. So my goal with that is to help ease the burden and that stress that business owners, especially small businesses, it's very stressful and overwhelming running a business and getting more traffic and customers is scary. Definitely. And so that's what you do now is help small businesses with growing their traffic while helping them with your experience as an entrepreneur? Basically, yeah, I help businesses of all sizes 
And um, we've ranged from many different types of businesses, but mainly we consult them on their entire online marketing, being able to get traffic and convert and retain. Breaks down what I think is one of the biggest misunderstandings with business owners who are new to digital marketing is really understanding that funnel, that you're going from getting the traffic in to converting them to a lead. Mm-hmm. is a much longer path than Absolutely. it might appear. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many different areas to focus on and it's confusing. It's overwhelming. Business owners just want to do what they do, which is run their business. They they started it for a reason and marketing is so crucial, but it's overwhelming and confusing. So I always use the analogy on the front part is if you have this beautiful website, it's perfect and it's beautiful, but it's in the middle of the forest. And nobody knows it's there. Then what good is it? So there's a whole system and, and thought process that goes into that, but it's really kind of backwards. And we're taught that we don't even realize that we're taught to implement things in the wrong order. Could you elaborate on that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So. The number one thing that most business owners say when they start a business is need a website. And then they get stuck in the vortex of it's confusing and then they give up on building it themselves and that's okay. And there's tons of really simple template websites that you could slap one up if you take the time to do that. But most people don't do that. They hire a designer, they hire a developer and it can be very expensive. And I'm not saying those things are bad because they're not. But when you're new or newer, it's really not the most important thing. The most important thing is for you to have customers. And most people feel if I have a website, I have customers. But again, no. If you have a website, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to have customers. So again, the analogy is if I have this coffee shop and it's perfect, it's stocked full of coffee, it has tons of chairs, it even has pastries, it's ready to go but it's literally in the middle of the forest, what good is it? If I don't have any highways built to get there, if there's no signs pointing, if there's not even a driveway to the coffee shop. And that's usually what happens when people build websites or start. And again, I'm not saying websites are bad. They're not, but there's many more things that need to go into place for that strategy to be able to get people. You create the problems. You create traffic, you create people knocking at your door, then maybe you do some enhancements on your site. Now, you said you create the problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, by that, do you mean you create? Could you explain that for me? Yeah, it's it's the, you know how when you're walking on the sidewalk and you see a crowd outside of a store and you wonder what's in that crowd, right? Yeah. You create all this buzz. You're walking by and, and you can't help but to look to see what's going on in this crowd. It's the same thing Apple does when they release a new iPhone. You create all this buzz centered around it, but that's what it is. You create a, a bottleneck, if you will, a force controlled managed bottleneck, but you want to put your efforts into creating all this energy The problem is then now servicing the people. The problem is you don't have enough space for them. What a wonderful problem to have. The problem is, is you have more people than you can manage at that time. I think that's a great problem. 
So most people are so fearful of that, of what if, what if we open our doors and there's too many people, or what if we open our doors and somebody asks for this widget and we don't have it, we have this widget. So there's too many what ifs that people get stuck on. You create, that's what I mean by you create the problem. You create good problems, then you implement other solutions to handle those. Very interesting. And now, what do you see as, on the other side of problems, the big problems, the mistakes that businesses, and especially new business owners make when they're trying to market? Yeah, well, that's that's number one, is kind of starting with the 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 wrong strategy up front. Yeah. Really not having a strategy to begin with is the first problem. But there's three common mistakes for digital marketing as a whole. So I'm going to talk very big, broad in that the three most common mistakes in digital marketing, and I'll say the fourth being what we just spoke about, but it's really dabbling. The first one would be dabbling. Dabbling because you've got this expert or that expert and you're thrown, and that's that's just it. You're thrown with all this advice. Have this website, spend $10,000 on a website, and then you'll have people coming to you and then you'll be instantly successful or try this or try that or do this, do that. There's tons of experts out there and there's tons of advice and it's not bad or wrong. It's just a matter of knowing what's the right time to implement what for you when. (laughs) So again, it's about strategy. When you don't have one, then when you have all this advice, you don't know what to use when. So that's really the first mistake is dabbling. Most people, and, and again, when you're an entrepreneur or a small business or even a mid-sized business, you just want to run your business. So all these marketing things and experts, you hear about this and you, you try it. I call it the water cooler theory too, meaning you hear a new technique when you're standing around at the water cooler that it may not be the right thing for you at that time. So that's one of the big mistakes. The other one is really dabbling without committing. And that's a, that's kind of a fear-based problem. Most people, and I've been there and I've done that, you don't really know what to commit to because you're not certain it's going to work. You have this new idea or you hear this new thing or you've started to research this particular strategy, but you're just not sure if it's going to work for you. So what you do is you kind of give it a go, but you don't fully commit. Most people then give up because they say, well, that didn't work for me. We tried it, but it didn't work for me. And the reason it probably didn't, one, it may not have been a good fit for you, but more more likely than not, you didn't commit to it. You didn't follow through. You didn't fully embrace what that strategy was. That's a big thing that people get in trouble with. And again, there's so much information out there. It's easy to happen. Yeah. And then the, the really, I think, is one of the most crucial mistakes business owners make. And um, I kind of break this down into looking at different segments. But businesses as a whole, to be successful, there's three main areas um, of operation, more or less. But you spend businesses spend their time producing, operating, and marketing. Most businesses just want to produce and operate with maybe 10 or 20% really focused to marketing. But successful businesses to really, really be successful, 60 or more percent needs to be devoted to marketing. And most people have that flip-flopped. 
Well, I mean, marketing is the source for new sales. I'd certainly have fallen into that trap myself. It's the trap. I mean, and that's, again, no disrespect to to you or any business owner. I've done it too. When I first started my very first business, I was beating the pavement. I got employees. My processes were efficient. I had the best systems. I did everything that I was taught, which is really backwards. And, you know, this is no fault of anyone's. It's just how we're taught and marketing is so overwhelming. And when you're a business owner, you're, you're, usually say, I'm not a marketer. I'm not a salesperson. You're right, but you have to be, or you have to hire the right people to do that. And you're absolutely right. Most people want new customers, new business. But then one of the the things people will say to me is, well, you know, we really don't have that in our budget. (laughs) And I do. I laugh about that. And I'll say, well, you're really not committed to new business then. If it's not in your budget, again, going back to what I was stating before, you create the problems. You create the problem of needing to be more efficient with your operations. You create the problem of needing more efficient production by marketing, like 60 to 70%. And that's marketing is a big term here. We're not talking just digital marketing, but sales and marketing in general. But yeah, if I want more, then I have to sell and market. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you had the chance to learn from a wide number of marketing experts. Mm -hmm. For business owners who are looking for that one to listen to, do you have any recommendations? (laughs) Well, I would say start right here, right? (laughs) And how can they get connected with you to get that sort of advice? Yeah, well, we, um, and and I'm sure we'll get to this in in a little bit as well, but I have a new book coming out. Really? Yeah. And I've created a process around exactly what we're talking about, everything we're talking about here, but it's really the digital success path. I've created a six-step formula to be able to help make things more efficient. What's the six simple steps to digital marketing success? But I've really tried to condense and make it simple without sounding redundant, but tried to to cut the noise and put the most important things down for not just new businesses, but any business and any phase of the business to kind of redirect along the way. So I would say that's a really good first step. But if you're looking for other expert opinions out there, there's so many and it, and it just really depends on what you relate to most. And I'll say more importantly, Every expert has their own style and and niche and background that they're bringing to the table. And in my book, I really talk about you sticking to your strategy and you deciding what your strategy is and cut out all the noise. Only listen to people who support that strategy for you. Because then you're going to get stuck in that vortex of, too many things, overwhelm, the squirrel syndrome that experts or, excuse me, entrepreneurs get stuck in and myself, no different there, but stick to one strategy and only listen to people who support that strategy at that time until you've implemented it and you've perfected it and you're where you want to be and you can efficiently implement another strategy. So I'd like to dig in a little bit more Mm -hmm. on 
your book and on the six steps to digital marketing success. Yeah. Uh, could you, do you have a five minute overview and outline for us? I'll give you a, a three day seminar in five minutes. How about that? Sounds perfect. <laughs> so the six steps first, we, we've already gone through the mistakes. So perfect that you asked about that because that's really where you need to start is understanding what the mistakes are so you can avoid them. Yeah. And then the six steps, I'll, I'll say all six steps and then I'll go through them just a, a little bit more. But the first step is attract, then engage, convert, excuse me, capture, convert, retain, and repeat. So phase one even though they're steps, they're phases inside of the steps. But so phase one is the attract phase. This is probably the most important. And it's also what people overlook. The attract phase is really a lot of research. And most people just, they don't want to do it quite frankly. So the attract phase, it's not just about attracting, making yourself attractive to your audience, your customer, your client, whomever, but it's really understanding what their needs are and what their voice is. So in every problem, we're all problem solvers, okay? If we have a product, if we have a service, if we have a physical product, it doesn't matter. That thing solves a problem. That problem is what is the obvious thing that's happening to our customer or client. But what's really going on is there's an internal dialogue. We have an internal and an external problem. The internal is what you want to speak to. And that's the research you really need to do. And the attract phase, and we have a whole huge deep dive program into this because it's, it's a lot of research and it's so incredibly important because it impacts everything of the way you sell and market and message. So again, the attract phase is really going through the research of finding out what it, to the core is the problem. What keeps me up at night? What am I thinking about? Me, me meaning the customer, yeah. the client. What are those things, those fears, doubts, frustrations? Where am I at? What's holding me back? What are the things that I want to experience, but I can't because I don't have your product or service? Right. So that's the first step. The second then is the engage phase. An engagement that sounds simple, you just engage with people, but it's really not quite that simple. You need to then really understand what your goal is as a business. When you're engaging with people, if you blindly just engage with people, and I see this with social media a lot, people just blindly th throw things out there, which is, you know, at least it's recognition, at least it's something. But if you try to engage without a plan or a strategy, usually it's just having a good conversation doesn't really lead anywhere. So before you can really even engage, you need to know what your goal is. Are you trying to be an author, an expert speaker, or do you have a product that you're trying to get in front of a certain audience? Or are you trying to grow or triple or double or uh, break into a certain market? It doesn't matter what the goal is, but you have to have a goal when you engage so that you can build upon all these steps and that you're engaging in the right way to the right audience at the right time. So there's a whole formula inside of there. And then the third phase is the capture. The capture is all about speaking up 
at the right place at the right time, right message. And again, these are all building the messages. And we talk about this. I've, uh, my book is actually releasing a program that's taking people through all these steps. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> because this is not, you know, the book's great and it'll help anyone. But if you need your hand held a little bit more, really deep diving into these phases, and that's what my program was designed to do. So the, the capture phase is taking all those things and then exchanging something. Capturing is what it is, but it's a strategic capture. It's not blindly just trying to capture people, but it's in exchange. I offer you something of value that you need that can solve your problem in exchange for your information. It's kind of me standing on a table in a crowded room to get your attention, get the right people's attention that we can, that I can help you and that you're looking for me. Yeah. It's capturing that information so then that you can start building a relationship. And then once you've got that, the, the remaining phases really, a lot of people get hung up on wanting the sale. So that's why these first three steps, people usually rush and they skip a lot of things along the way because they just want the sale. Right. And I get it. We're hungry as business owners. We want, we want to look at the numbers. We want to look at the numbers of profit and revenue, but we forget that again, all these marketing things that hurt sometimes are important and we need them to be able to get that sale. So if we've done all the things right and detailed, once we get to that convert phase of converting them to an interested person that's watching you and engaging with you, they're going to be lined up ready at your door saying, how can I buy from you? That's what you want to, to create throughout these phases is them raising their hands asking you. Again, going back to my analogy earlier of you create the, the problems, you create, you need to now get yourself out there versus the other way around. So if you've done things right when it comes time to, to actually convert them to paying customers, they're going to be ready. Yeah. And they're not only going to be ready, but they're, they can't not talk about you. Maybe even though they're not quite ready, they're still going to talk about you so that the other people that are ready they convert to paying customers. So those are the first four phases. And then phase five is retain. This is an interesting phase because a lot of people know that once you get a customer, they immediately want new customers. And yeah, we do. We want new customers, of course. But we also have this segment of people that we sometimes forget about. We forget about loving on the people that have already purchase from us. They've already raised their hand once. So statistically speaking, when you do have a website, you have one to three percent chance of converting a first-time visitor to a customer. Okay. Wow. But if they're already a customer, you have a 27% chance when you give them an offer of them being a repeat customer. So that's close to 10 times. I don't know about you, Michael. And I grew up in Southeast Missouri, so my math's not that great, but I'm pretty sure I want to market to the 27% conversion people, right? Definitely. <laughs> and most, and again, I'm not making fun of business owners because we, 
We were trained to look for new customers and we should look for new customers, but we need to have a separate, completely separate marketing plan for those customers have already raised their hands. They've already purchased from us. Maybe they're not quite ready at this moment immediately to repurchase the same thing. Of course, but we create a VIP group for them. We create other, we create a whole other system for them. And the phases that I'm going through, you take them right back through, but in a different way. You always love on those people. And then the last and the final phase, which is the repeat phase, that's not just simply repeating. It's first analyzing. It's taking a step backwards and looking at numbers, which are hard for some people to do. But it's really analyzing what worked, what didn't. Are you speaking the right messages? Are you attracting the right people? It is knowing numbers, all these analytical things. We look at our quick click-through rates. We look at our uh, conversions. We look at our all of our KPIs. Or, you know, if, if we don't if we don't have it, we create it. You know, in that phase, really that analyzing it is really what's that, what that's for. And then once the process is set, you've done your analysis on what's working and what's not, you've got your, your processes in place. So now you've got your entire marketing plan. And the goal then is to run back through efficiently, maybe with new staff, maybe with new people, maybe now you can afford salespeople, but you've got the plans in place. You know what works, you know what doesn't. We survey along the way, we tweak things along the way. And again, no matter what phase a business is in, this six-step formula works no matter how long you've been in business, no matter what phase you're in, because you're always tweaking things. Your market is always speaking to you. The market's always changing as well. So this process can work for any business. And I, you know, a lot of businesses say, what is, why would I need online marketing or why would I need digital marketing? And I always say, have you, have you looked at a yellow book lately? Have you actually picked up this physical book to call anyone? No, probably you've Googled, right? We've got these phones. It's, it doesn't matter what type of business you're in. You need some sort of online marketing. You may not, you may not have an e-commerce business or you may not be, want to be an online marketer. But if you want to have a fighting chance in today's world where Google runs the world, the last time I checked, you need some sort of online marketing plan. Definitely. Now we're just about out of time. Yeah. So I want to get to my last question, my favorite question personally. And it, the audience knows it well. If you were to recommend a book to the audience today, what would you recommend? You cannot recommend your own book. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. That's a tough question because there are so, so many. Um, really, truly. I would, my gut is, is telling me, I'm, I'm visualizing right now all the books on my desk and my bookshelf and I have about 20 books open at once. So I'm one of those people that I don't finish a book um, before I open another one. Honestly, this is totally unrelated, but very related. I would start with The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And the reason I, I would suggest that is business owners, entrepreneurs, it's hard in our world to re remember to connect to ourselves, why we're doing what we're doing, our families, 
everything. It's, it's an overwhelming world and it's very fast. And uh, I see so many business owners get burnt out. They fail. They have things that happen to them, but they forget themselves along the way. So yes, there's so many wonderful books out there. There's so many great business books out there. But if we forget who we are and we don't connect ourselves, we're not going to be good for anyone or serve anyone moving forward. So that book is really, really great to just really learn. Um, and if you've read it, I would say reread it. But just to really learn to connect to yourself, knowing we do have now, our past does not predict our future, our futures can be affected, but we really only have now and to just be grateful and enjoy that. Wonderful. Thank you for coming on today. You bet. Thanks for having me.